Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. No matter where you work from these days, take Gresh and Fourier with you on the Odyssey app. Favorite WEI. Noon straight up here with Gresh and Fourier on Boston and New England Sports Original WEI. Time to talk with our friend Tom E. Kern of NBC Sports Boston. He's with us each and every Tuesday at noon. And Tommy is brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lopresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Kern at 1-800-GET-HAIR. By Awaken 180 Weight Loss, become your own success story by dropping the weight holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180. And by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. We're getting Tommy uh, connected and uh, hooked up here. And, of course, with the end of the regular season upon us, now it is the, all right, how are we going to build for the offseason? Happens but, quick. You know, it does. It does start to happen quick. There's no question. I know that the the coaching interviews are going on. Uh, there's at least one request into uh, Gerard Mayo, and that would be from the Cleveland Browns, but only as their defensive coordinator. Coordinator and our friend Tommy Curran is now with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Tommy, good afternoon. What's up, Gresh? How are you? We're hanging in there, friend, and uh, talking a lot about uh, Bill Belichick and some of not only the decisions that he has to make and some of the things that he said in his uh, press conference yesterday. I want to get your thoughts on Bill Belichick sort of putting into perspective how he views cash spending with his football team. What do you make of the comments of Bill going down the hole? Well, I got to look at it in a three-year snapshot. I think it's fully and wholly a defense by Bill against any notion that the Patriots overspent in 2021 and didn't get any bang for their buck. And I'm mystified and uh, puzzled as to how anyone can think that a guy who makes $30 million a year as a head coach who just went eight and nine, who had $60 million worth of wide receivers and tight ends, rot on the vine, is going to sit there in a postseason press conference 
and alleged that the ownership didn't spend. That makes no sense to me. So this idea that crafts, the crafts were in Bill's crosshairs yesterday is a non-starter for me. He wouldn't do that. That wasn't the point. The point was for Bill to say, hey, you know, you're talking, Karen Garigian, about bangs for the buck. But I'm not out here spending like a maniac, nudge, nudge, Robert. And additionally, don't forget, I signed the Dietrich Wises and the David Andrews and the Lawrence guys back to this team for less than they would have gotten on the open market because I waited them out. So don't talk to me about being a spendthrift. That was not directed at the crafts. Unless Bill, making $30 million a year, really wants to piss off his bosses as he walks in there with a team that couldn't line up in the red zone half the time. So this is just him uh, kind of taking care of uh, what you call like beat reporter, you know, gossip and narratives that were, you know, created in the beginning of the season, right? That, that whole thing. Is that yeah, him taking it, care of uh, family business? Uh, it's getting it out there. I, no, I think it's getting it out there. Look, I'm tired of listening to all this crap about yeah. John Smith and and Nelson Aguilar. How about I start to highlight a little bit that we didn't go crazy so that Robert doesn't have that perception if he's harboring it because he keeps hearing it on the radio or other folks do. So I'm just going to set the record straight here. So I we, didn't go crazy. So would you, but uh, but as a general rule, I mean, I know he took the last three years and, you know, with the, with the 27th in the league in cash spending was how he phrased it. If you were to take the last 20 years, 20, 21, 22 years, wouldn't they kind of still be in that kind of area? Like, you know, wouldn't that really be like their their average is like 25th to 26th in the league? Or what's your thought on that? I think that it spikes and dives, Christian. I know, but as a as an average, as an overall average, they're, I'm sure uh, over a long period of time, they're going to have some spikes. I, I'm going to imagine that they're, they're a hell of a lot closer to the top 10 than they are to 25. Because if we look at the money to Will Fork or Mankins or Revis or, yeah, they do push away from the table with a $12 million franchise to to um, to Welker or, yeah, they got a low-budget quarterback who was the best in the league by far, and that's going to keep it down and reasonable that they never had to address that. But I, I just don't think that – Bill, again, making $30 million a year, the highest-paid professional coach on the planet, is going to sit there and, and mention that he's that nobody's spending enough money? I think that was wholly for him to show how economically prudent he is, mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, well, how come I don't get any money from you guys? <laughs> well, do you think Kraft will respond or be upset, or will Kraft be like, well, Bill's getting older, he's trying to control his narrative? I don't think the crafts ever love to hear cash spending referred to in a light that makes it sound like they're not spending a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think that they're going to sit down and spend a whole crap load of time on that sentence um, because they get bigger fish to fry. Like uh, offensive coordinator. <laughs> and where is it going from here? How do you think, Tommy, this whole, to your best guess, How will this whole kind of process sort of shake down in terms of Bill making the decision, but maybe more importantly, Robert Kraft talking to Bill about the decision that needs to be made? Here's what's hard, I think. You know, my understanding is that Bill O'Brien still hasn't been contacted as of the early part of the weekend. 
and is unsure exactly what the layout of the Patriots coaching staff would be. Well, what happens with Matt? What happens with Joe, who are both friends of Bill's over the course of time, but also might be in the kitchen with him if he were to come here? So my understanding is Bill O'Brien um, would still be in the dark on that because the Patriots haven't picked up the phone. Now you can say, well, they haven't picked up the phone because the season was still going on. And you can't tell Matt that he's out as OC until the season's over. So they can't pursue Bill O'Brien. But the fact of the matter is, time's a ticket. And, you know, jobs are opening up. So, yes, there's a meeting with Robert Kraft that has to go on, but then Bill's going to say, well, we haven't really gotten in on that. And that is the hard reality of having one person doing everything. Look, if you look at players, right, and the Patriots' ability to strike quick in free agency in one. In 2003, I think it's when Christian might have come. might have been 02, though. 02. Okay, you were part of that disappointing 02 season. So in 2003, <laughs> they went out and went crazy at the start of free agency with Roosevelt Colvin and Rodney Harrison. Same thing happened after a disappointing for them 2006. 2007, hit the ground running. 2016, after 2015, hit the ground running. Same thing in 2021. They've never really done that with the coaching staff, except for, as Phil Perry pointed out, one time. And that was with Josh McDaniels. 2011 ending, Bill O'Brien, I believe, already heading out to Penn State. Patriots said, get McDaniels off that Rams staff and Steve Spagnuolo's staff right now. We're not going to lag. And what happened? They ended up being a friggin' great team in 12 and 13. Well, not 13. In 12, 14, 15, the rest of the decade. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking to Tom E. Kearns. Tom, what do you make of this um, this Jack Jones suspension? And uh, we played some tape or some audio earlier um, of Albert Breer talking about how there could be some, I don't know, maybe some popping off going on from Jack Jones in a meeting uh, re- in, towards Bill. What do you make of that? I think that it's a level of frustration that's probably existed around the team and that Bill needs to try and stifle dissent, especially with a rookie fourth-rounder no matter how well he's played according to pro football focus, you you can't have it. And I think that to me is one of the most interesting aspects of this um, slippage that we've seen for a team to go to eight and nine is on-field agitation with the coaching staff, on-field inefficiency, lack of discipline on the field, um, just dumb situational football in those key areas. And I understand players leave and coaches leave, but we never thought that Bill would preside over a dumb team or a team that didn't have discipline, whether on the field and controlling its emotions or apparently in following instructions to get to rehab assignments as is being alleged with Jack Jones. So so this Patriots, is not a sign of Bill losing control? Well, I think, I think, yeah. I mean, you saw guys flip out on Bill. I mean, is it a sign that he lost control? He suspended. Because, of, because, the, because the narrative is now that if Jack Jones is popping off, Who's next? I think it's been a year of pop-offs. We watched it on the field all year with with Mac. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we saw disgust from Mac, remember, during the the Raiders' preseason game, whipping his wristband, you know, moping on the sidelines. So that's the kind of thing that you open yourself up to if the players believe. And, Christian, I don't want to say this as if I know – but if the players believe you haven't put them in a position to succeed and you had bad and dumb decisions to put them there, you lose some credibility with your decision-making and your authority. So you got to make good decisions to regain that. 
Tommy, do you think some of this is rooted in Bill's old school and players aren't old school anymore and that it's more about the players or the philosophy of the head coach, which has been more than proven for two decades? I think it's tied to success and a feeling of competency. If the players on the field feel more competent than some of the coaches on the staff, and I know that Pellegrino with the cornerbacks and Steve Belichick and Mayo and um, Brian Belichick, they kicked ass on the back end with those corners for the most part, Jack Jones included. But they're part of a defense that's one of the best in the league, and they're home because the offense didn't work. So that just chisels away at the authority. I I don't think it's a crisis. I really don't think the Patriots are going to have a discipline crisis because mostly – their guys are good guys. They have high-character guys. They hire guys who are, generally speaking, pretty much on their stuff. So, okay, so if, do you believe that uh, there's going to be some, you know, pretty drastic changes on the offensive side as far as Matt Patricia and Joe Judge moving to some other place? I hope so, but I don't think that Bill has done anything at all to indicate that he's about to do that. Well, what would you need mm-hmm. to see? Uh, would you just need to hear something from somebody inside? How about an inside? interview? How about, how about uh, a feeling that Bill O'Brien has exactly if, – if no one reports on Bill O'Brien's status as to whether or not he's talked to the Patriots and, and is still saying he hasn't, once we stop saying, hearing that Bill O'Brien hasn't talked to the Patriots, then we can actually maybe think that maybe they reached out. But so far, it still hasn't. What about Cliff Kingsbury? But, Ooh. I, think a, I think it's a horrible idea for Cliff. <laughs> wow. Yes, that's what I said to you oh, yesterday. For, hold on. Tom said for Cliff. Why yeah, is that? for Cliff. All right. So Cliff's got a contract that runs through 2027. He's going to go from Arizona, where he had a Machiavellian quarterback, you know, cutting his Achilles at every turn, to coming back out here and replacing Matt Patricia and working with Joe Judge two guys who are basically in the same situation as they are. He's going to come back here with no title. Otherwise, Arizona's going to say, hey, hey, you got to pay him as an offensive coordinator. We're off the hook with some of the salary. Patriots are going to want to play the same game with Matt, with Cliff Kingsbury that they did with Matt and Joe, where you don't give him a title so you can make the Giants and Lions pay for him. So he's going to come back here. He's going to have no title. He's going to have Matt, who got cut off at the knees after being set out there as you know a human dartboard for the year feeling not that great about things. He's going to have Joe Judge, who really didn't have a lot of persuasive ability as a quarterback's coach this year, not happy that he's about to get demoted and kick back to special teams. Not going to have a title. He's going to have 90 hours a week of work for a coach who's not that fun. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, because the bill is not a get-home-for-dinner guy. When it comes to his coaches, he's not a get-home-for-dinner guy. Orchard this year. Yeah. They those coaches, whether it was in Arizona, while they were there for that week, they were in meetings until four AM. They were in meetings. Those coaches, that's it's such the funny a waste thing. of time. It's such a it's hey. such it's so overkill. It drives me nuts. Hey, speaking of coaches, quickly, Tommy, because I know we're up against it. Uh I know Gerard Mayo Cleveland has requested an interview. What are you hearing surrounding Mayo? Is there a want for him to go? What do you know? He'd like to make sure that he's on an incline, uh, an incline in his career. He's learning more. He's making contacts. He's in different organizations or making progress towards being a head coach. 
Patriots didn't do anything to make sure that Josh McDaniel stayed here last year. Um, no phone calls were made as they were in 2018 before he went to uh, Indianapolis to talk him off the ledge. So he's gone. Would the Patriots do that with Mayo? What would it require? I don't think it would require just the D.C. title. I think that Gerard would want to have say, okay, how about associate head coach? Make it look like I'm progressing up the ladder here a little bit instead of me having to go to interviews and say, this is what I actually do even though I don't have any title. Man, is it really $30 million for Bill? That's like stuck with me ever since you said that at the beginning of this interview. Holy crap. Well, if you Google, they had head coach salaries. And uh-huh. I don't know, and Bill's highly guarded, but he is by far the highest paid coach in professional sports. And I just remember my, and I, yeah. they had him targeted at 20 or 25. And I remember people I spoke to said, yeah, and that's it's a lot more than that. Well, it's probably going to say 20 to coach and 10 to be the GM, something of that. That, that, would, that would actually make sense with the going rates, considering his success. And it's always success when we talk to our friend Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston. Thank you, friend. We'll talk to you soon. Great, great stuff. Thank you, sir. So there much. we go. Well, right, Tom, uh, Tommy Curran. And, of course, today's conversation with Tommy brought to you by Wise Snacks. Go to wisegameday.com for your chance to win one of 100 authentic pro football jerseys. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Crash and Fourier on WEEI. Get Boston Sports Original on the go wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. I'll tell you, he's the 70s. I'll tell you what, this, uh, Terp is on it. I'll tell you why. Did you see Jason Tatum's outfit in the postgame? Oh, yeah. The, that looks so comfy. So, it kind of did. I hate to say it, Terp. You're exactly right. It yeah. looked like the kind of thing you can just wrap yourself in. I'm not going to call it a fur coat because it wasn't a fur coat. Yeah. But it was a, it wasn't a puffy coat either. It was a, I don't know how to describe it. For the, you know, twitch.tv slash Boston WEI, text 37937. Maybe some folks in the chats have a better way of describing it. It looked like something that 
might have been on um, like that 70s show for those who need a much more modern reference or let me go for you olds, maybe on like Starsky and Hutch or something like that. It would have been uh, something that somebody would have been, uh, you know, somebody the jive turkey would have been up and on the street <laughs> on or whatever. And I mean, it it was something. It was blue. And for those of you watching on Twitch, you oh, can see is. it. I mean, look at that thing. And he's got just a normal T-shirt on underneath. It actually looks like on the photo that we have here where Tatum's – so you can envision it, folks. If you saw last night what Tatum was wearing, like right now on the photo, his eyes are closed and his his hand is almost to the temple as if he was, for those who remember, the Johnny Carson bit the great Karnak. And he'd be like, oh, and then he would come up with the, with the answer. There's a little bit of that going on. Huggy Bears, thank you, Stealth Vid. That's the old say, Starsky and Hutch reference. Uh, it's almost like uh, he skinned a, a character from Monsters, Cookie Inc. Monster. Yeah, uh, Cookie Monster or Sesame Street. Like Good you call. took one of those characters, you sliced them, you murdered them, you took out all their innards, and you made a coat out there of them. There you go. He had it's a like, jacket one time. Did you ever see the video where the background fell on him? Yes. He had yes. a jacket on that day that looked just as comfortable. It looked like something somebody's grandmother crocheted. Oh. And it had like that 70s look to it, and it was sick. And I wonder if that jacket was was not like, um, if it was like outdoor jacket length. No, that one it was short. Oh, it was short? Yeah, yeah it, was it was short. short. There it is. Yeah. yeah, there we go. So somebody put a Jason yeah. Tatum out here looking like he skinned Cookie Monster from Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah, actually, that is that's pretty perfect. Good. Cookie? Yeah. So, But here's the thing. I, I sit and I, I think about this. I'm like, all right. So he's got this coat. He said, ooh, I like this coat. When am I going to wear it? Never. Ooh, unless I'm walking into an arena to play basketball. I'll take it off, and I'll, and I'll, I'll put it on when I leave again. But I'll never wear it again. Great text. Somebody said Clyde the Glide might have worn that in the, in the 70s. Yep, that's another one. That's another uh, one. I like the guys Walt that roll Clyde, in. By with the way, like, that's Walt Clyde Frazier, hey. by the way, for those who need to remember. Not Clyde Drexler out in Portland. Ooh, Clyde the Glide. Yeah, yeah. But anyway... So uh, maybe that's what you wear when you know you're going to win the MVP because Foyer, the Celtics, got a win last night against the uh, Chicago Bulls, 107-99, and Jason Tatum, 32 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. The Celtics are at their official halfway point of this season. They are 29-12. and They have the best record in the league. Jason Tatum is odds-on favorite right now, or at least one of the uh, guys who have the real skinny odds to kind of win uh, the MVP. But as we stop down at the halfway point, I think we not feel good about the Celtics. I think we have to feel great about this team for one reason and one reason only. There was one question going in at the beginning of the year, and it wasn't how would they handle prosperity. It wasn't have the Jays arrived, none of that stuff. It was, is Joe Missoula the right guy? to sit in the chair that was once occupied by Ime Udoka. And judging by this start, the answer is yes. You think? Oh, I, I think Joe Mazzulla is the right guy because, Foyer, what have we spent part of today talking about? We've been talking about hard coaching and players talking back. And, you know, in the NFL world, it's different than it is elsewhere. Well, in the NBA, you have guys that are willing to stand up and be like, yeah, our coach is an idiot. Or if you're in Phoenix and you're DeAndre Ayton, my head coach, I don't talk to that guy. All the, the NBA can be just littered with dysfunction across the board. And the fact that you have two superstars that are 25 and younger you have Jalen or excuse me you have Marcus Smart 
who we know at times can be a bit of a combustible character. Yeah. You have a personality like Grant Williams. And mm-hmm. most importantly, yeah. you have a team coming off of an NBA Finals where they did not win, should be motivated. They have picked up where they left off at the end of last year and that Ime Udoka, while he was a part of the success of this team, Joe Mazzulla has been able to continue that. And to me, in the NBA, if they were going to show up, they were going to show up early. So at least I can feel comfortable in knowing that at some point it will get to the, all right, is Joe Mazzulla going to get out coached at, at some level in the playoffs? But this thing could have fallen apart early, and it didn't. So I got faith in Missoula. See, I don't I think do. so. I don't think it had a chance of falling apart because I think the hard work was done last year. I think the hard work convincing these guys like what it takes to win and how to trust each other and you know how good they can be if they all kind of accept their role and try to work together and all that. So I feel like all that hard work was done last year. So at this time last year, I mean, they, we were just, they were questioning, talking about trading one of the Jays and doing this and doing that. They can't coexist. Then they then the second half of the season starts and they go on a run and they end up in the NBA Finals and they're, what is it, they had an opportunity to go up in the Finals, but sure enough, they started getting outcoached. That was a different. Steve Kerr outcoached Ime Odoka and they played against a team, a veteran team that had won plenty and it understood like, they just not were going to get caught up in the moment. Well, they also went against an all-time great player. Steph Curry also put himself up there in the kind of Jordan-LeBron conversation by winning this championship. It was truly the cherry on top of his Sunday. Yeah, but my thing, to your point earlier, I was like, nah, I don't really – I felt like at that point in time they were on cruise control. Cruise control meaning we know – we don't – listen – we need a coach, obviously, substitutions, this, that, and the other. For, for the most part, we kind of understand already what we need to do. And I think they, they as, a, as, a, as a group, as a collective group of players, they, their theme would be uh, unfinished business. Mm-hmm. So they don't need motivation from a coach. They need direction. They may need encouragement. But I, don't think, I think the motivation is self I think they're self-motivated based on what happened last year. All right, so why so it's a little bit easier no, for him. No, but it does make it a little easier Not for fair? him. No, but let's remember, too, you're working in Malcolm Brogdon. You have a different bench Veteran now. Veteran player, smart, can trust them. Easy transition. For if if he's humble and comes in and doesn't think I should be starting. He said is, that when he signed. That is true. Now, so when they, they already told him. When they brought in Brogdon, Brogdon did a good job of putting it out there and saying, hey, I'm older now. I've, I've you know, I got my money. I now sort of see the forest through the trees, and I understand how important I could be for a role on this team. But he's still got to manage that. I mean, you still have to manage the Marcus Smart part of it. You got to manage the Brogdon part of it. And oh, by the way, you know, he's throwing a little Peyton Pritchard here and there as well. But well, that's and, just substitutions, though. Well, you're but you're also figuring out what combinations of guys can play together. Because you do have that. And we don't know if Danilo Gallinari is going to be able to power his way back from an ACL injury and be there for the postseason. And it is the, I'm taking over for a guy where all of us in the organization kind of know what's going on, but we don't really know what's going on. In terms of, like, there was the, they asked Jalen Brown, I think it was early in the year, if you talked to Ime Udoka well, no, the situation is what it is, and there was some him and Han. Basically, it's a legal situation. Then there's only 
So Joe Mazzulla had to manage that as well of being one of the guys who has to now be a leader when you, as a player, don't understand completely why your leader is gone other than he was walking around with a, you know, pointing here sign at his wiener. So if if Joe if the Celtics do not win a title, the blame the first one in line to be to be you know uh, to be thrown uh, th- have it, like to play the whole shame game and blame game will be Joe Mazzula. Mm. He didn't handle it. Couldn't handle the competition. Think about the other coaches that he's, that he's going to be going against. So okay. just in the East, yep. Budenholzer of the Bucks, who's he's got, got a, a championship. Mm-hmm. Spolstra obviously has one. One of the most respected coaches, Doc Rivers. And God forbid you end up, you know, playing, you know, getting to the NBA Finals again. I just mentioned Steve Kerr because I felt like that was the guy they played against last year. And Ime Odoka wasn't ready for it. Now, to your point, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, one of these players that you know that comes around once in a lifetime. So fine, still you had an opportunity. My my view is that this is the best situation for any new coach. We're self motivated. Mm, we're all angry. Man. We feel like we feel like we have unfinished business. Yeah, manage the substitutions. We are going to self police. Like this is what it is. So this is a this is a this is a uh, Patriots locker room, in my opinion. Sure, Marcus Smart is going to get up on a soapbox. He's going to preach, and everyone's going to roll his eyes until he's done, and then he's going to go out there and ball out. So um, to me, like I'm, I don't want to dismiss what he's been able to do, but I do feel like out of all the sports, like head coaches in basketball are like the least necessary. From my perspective. Okay. Get out of their way. Then, I, then explain Steve Nash last year. Well, the, the, they had other issues. They had injury issues. They had personnel issues. Right. They tried to trade for a bunch of players. Right. Uh, they had COVID issues. Kyrie Irving wasn't playing. It was too late for them to mesh. So so the Nets, so they fire Nash. They try to get Ime Odoka. They brought, bring the next guy. And I don't even know what his name Jacques is. Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn, right? Okay, so then they struggle at first. And then next thing you know, they're in the second place spot in the division uh, in the East. And then here you go, KD gets hurt. Now he's going to be out for like a month. Yeah, Durant's out for a month. Yeah, so if you look at like the win percentage with Kevin Durant on the court as opposed to him being off the court, with him on the court, uh, it's like a 621 win percentage. Without him, it's 321. So they're going to take a massive step back. He'll come back in end of February, maybe the beginning of March, right before the playoffs, and you'll have the same situation you had last year. Here's an interesting uh, text into 37937 out of the 617. It says, if they don't win at all, the person to blame first and foremost is Udoka. He blew it. Missoula was not supposed to be in this position to begin with. Do you think Ime would end up getting some uh, nah, he's fan gone. barf on him? Well, I mean, you're going to uh, – why, why couldn't you just stop – Why could? Why do you have to be so horny? Like, be well, no, that. But, but let's remember this, too, that if this texter is right, and let's say they lose in an Eastern Conference Finals, Ime Udoka, as of right now, is still a part of this organization, and he's only supposed to be suspended a year. So we have forgotten about Ime Odoka up to this point until you and I started talking to Joe Mazzulla. So there is the kind of looming, oh boy, what's really going to happen with Ime? Are they ultimately going to let him go? Or if I'm viewed as the guy that isn't good enough to get us there, let's say you're you're unlike Doc Rivers and you can't draw up an out-of-bounds play and you're losing game seven of the East Finals. Does Joe Mazzulla have to be looking over his shoulder and thinking, well, they're just going to bring the horny guy back? And can this organization look at the people who work in the organization, the fan base, and be like, well, you know what? We're going to bring Emei back. 
Because that whole thing is still, like you mentioned the Nets, this whole thing is still unresolved with the Celtics as of right now. That's true. It's funny. I, I have I can't even remember the last time I actually thought about Ime Udoka. Right. Other than uh, his uh, former girlfriend's uh, baby mama. Oh, uh, that'd be uh, uh, Nia Long. Yeah, I was watching some show she was on. I was like, oh. That's Emay's baby mama. She's in a new movie, I do believe. Is she? coming out. Yeah, yeah. I oh. saw uh, one of these. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm but, not a movie guy, <laughs> yeah, so you whatever. don't like anything. No. Okay, you just all sports all the time. Wrestling, MMA fighting. Oh, yeah, yep. Sports, wrestling, yeah, yeah. MMA, yeah. slap fighting, which is <laughs> always fighting. good. The whole okay. slap league from uh, Dana White, which is <laughs> kind of on pause right now. However, watch, <laughs> watch the yeah. Russian slap league. They don't play around over there. Well, they cheat, too. What do you mean they cheat? They cheat. I've seen it. They cheat. They don't do it right. Uh, they you. There needs to be. So yeah, give me a slap. Well, it's, it's, it's almost like. Well, not really. I wasn't trying to, but you let me down that way. So it's really your fault. They 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 put too much shoulder into it. They it really and they almost knock people out because it turns into just an open hand punch is what it turns into. And I really it should be more like, ah! like more like that. Like, what are you doing? What, gonna, what are we going back to Chappelle's show on yes, this? Yes. What, for those who remember the it Friday be, night all, it fights, should be all, it should be all wrist. Friday night be, sissy fights. They it did. should be all. It should be just all no. wrist. You shouldn't be able to like dig in with your shoulder, and then it just turns into like a punch. So you really do think though that if the Celtics don't get home, let's say, or maybe back to an NBA final, that. Fans will verbally be full hand slapping Joe Mazzulla versus the tap on the well, face. Well, I would say it would have to look so if all your players do what they're supposed to do, they live up to their average, they hit their average, okay, and then you end up losing the game because of boneheaded, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, in game decision making, uh, sideline plays, uh, time management, um, all that stuff. If that to me. Is where he's good. That's when it's going to get really tough, and you'll under, you'll find out if he can handle it or not. He's never done it before. Hell, Ime has never done it before. He's never won anything. And they went to an NBA Finals, okay. though. So clearly, he at least had a clue. Okay, so you know, I don't know. My my point is that you're kind of in the same position you were last year. Okay, I know that. I believe that if you get these guys in the NBA Finals, like they're going to have a different appreciation for it, and they will have a. They'll just. I mean, I just think there'll be a, a better understanding of what it takes to win. Now your leader, your decision maker, is is a, an inexperienced uh, assistant coach who, if it was on the market at some other team, would not be hired as a head coach. No, the reason he got the job because he was in the building. And it was too late to go ahead and look for another coach. Said, hell, who can do it? That guy. Well, Brad Stevens had a clue because Joe Mazzulla was the guy that they kept and Will Hardy was the guy that went to Utah. So at least Brad Stevens had a clue to sort of Nick Cayley him, let's say, yeah, as Bill Belichick did. I will tell you this right now. The coach of the year in the NBA is either going to be Whomever it is for the New Orleans Pelicans, is it Steve? I can't remember who it is for the Pels who's their head coach. Or it's Joe Mazzulla. Joe Mazzulla right now is the leading candidate to be the head coach of the year in the NBA. Now, again, what is that? What does it ultimately mean? That you'll and be it'll be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but at some but but in all seriousness, though, at some point. I do wonder if Celtics management looks at it and says, yeah, man, how do we handle this Udoka situation now? Because remember, they came out and said, suspended for a year. 
So is Joe Mazzulla thinking, man, if I don't get to an NBA Finals, I'm not going to get this job full time? And at what point does management say, we can't let this be a distraction? Can they go into as great a year as they're having? Can they go into the postseason with Missoula still being the interim and thinking that maybe Ime Udoka can walk back through that door? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't think it has anything to do with Udoka. I do think it has to be like, listen, uh, you're doing us a solid. We personally really didn't think you were ready, but under the circumstances, we have no choice. So you have a strong core. You have a lot of depth. You have a lot of veteran leadership. You had a good coaching bench, right? You got a lot of guys out there. You know, we feel real, real good about the support that you're going to be given. But somebody's got to be the head coach, right? Brad Stevens is in the building. But if you don't win it with this group, after what they did last year, how close they came last year, the first person they're going to say is we need to change the coach. Man. And that's happened plenty of times, Gresh. But that is rough to be like, hey, you might have the best record in the league, but you lost in the East Finals. So God, I feel like I, I feel like uh, who was it? Uh, Toronto did that before they won a title with Ky- uh, with Kawhi Leonard. You mean when they brought in Nick Nurse? Yes. Oh, they let go of the dude who went to Detroit. Was it uh, Dwayne Casey? Dwayne yes. Casey. He won yeah. Coach of the Year, and then they yeah, let him go. Coach of the Year, and they, let him, the year, right. they let him go. Nick Nurse comes in, they win a title. My point is. Well, they that also went and got Kawhi. <laughs> well, I mean, again, but you're, you're stacking the team. Factor. But I do think that there's, um, hell, I don't know, but the the, the best uh, sign of uh, the of sleep at night job security that Joe Mazzulla could have is win a title. Dude, don't even worry about it. I'll tell you what. Don't if, worry about it. If that happens to Joe Mazzulla, he'll go. He'll get a job somewhere else. There'll be another organization. Like if they, if your scenario happens, say they go to an East Finals and and lose out or whatever. And they end up bringing Ime Odoka back. Joe Mazzulla gets a job somewhere. Some suckbag well, team or a- stink team is going to be like, hey, you know what? That's a young guy. Let me partner him with my young players. Yeah, but how do you – here's the thing with that, though, just to push back on that a tad. How do you even know what he's capable of doing? The table is set. Like, the food is being prepped. All he's got to do is make sure everybody eats. There are lots that is of, all he has to do. Because you and, know why? I think there are lots of examples in the NBA of who people considered competent coaches who've screwed it up. See the Philadelphia 76ers. See Doc Rivers with the Clippers. There are guys who have big credibility in the NBA who have gone into situations. And what you're saying is, is that Joe Mazzulla is the Barry Switzer of this situation. He's taken over something that's already built. Don't screw it up. Guess Bingo. what? Bingo. But, but not screwing it up is, and even Barry Switzer doesn't get credit. But and, still, um, but that's why another organization, I think, if it goes down the way you said, they'd look at Missoula and say, I can invest in that guy. And again, Brad Stevens hoarded him. Yeah. Let others and, go. Uh, what does and, that tell you? And if you want to be the Barry Switzer comp, like don't bring a handgun as you're walking through the airport security line. That's yeah, that's a, that's a problem. That's the other too. coaching point. Don't do that. I think that's good advice for life, <laughs> I would think, especially now. Oh, okay. then again, there were fireworks, and they were uh, the Georgia Bulldogs was uh, we weren't shooting blanks last night, ladies and gentlemen. We were shooting to kill, and we did that against the TCU Horny Frogs. And you know what? Fourier said this morning he knew from the very beginning because of what happened at the very beginning of that football game on ESPN. You'll hear deep inside Fourier's head next. (laughs) W-E-E-I, W-E-E-I, New England Sports Original. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Type that into your app search, then download. Gresh and Fourier on W-E-E-I. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. 
part of the Georgia Bulldogs and Dadgummit, we done win and we win a lot and we ain't going to lose to some three-letter school named TCU. Oh. That was... <laughs> Where's the Bible Belt up on here? Southern Baptist. What's this Jesus. Texas Christian? What kind of Bible are they reading? <laughs> <laughs> Liberty entered the fray. Uh, uh, I oh mean, yeah, that was a, a uh, that was a smoke show last night, and uh, uh, Stetson Bennett, Benson and Hedges. I don't <laughs> yeah. know whatever Billy's called him. The oldest quarterback, <laughs> to, the oldest quarterback to like to ever win a national championship. Guys like my age. I'm glad Billy grinned at that because Stetson Bennett. Uh, first of all, he he sounds like a guy who would in like 20 years it'd be like. Uh, Old man Trump coming. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to back senatorial candidate Stetson Bennett, Bermit, Bennett, whatever. Like it feels like Seems it's a it sounds American. It feels like sounds it's a blue guy. Collar American. Oh, yeah. Hedges cigarette reference. I Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Billy. I knew you'd like that. So sixty-five to seven was the final in the national championship game last night. But you, oh yeah. clairvoyant one, yep. knew that it was over from the jump. Yes. Okay, so what they do is, so after the uh, national anthem, which was fabulous, by the way. Courtney the, loved it, too. I saw her the, tweet on of, that. One of the best national anthems uh, renditions I've ever heard, ever. Uh, then they do the coin toss. And then they go to each coach, right? So you'll hear, here's, we're just going to play it incomplete. You'll hear Molly McGrath start with TCU head coach, Sonny Dykes. Then they throw it across the field, and then they interview Kirby Smart. Here's Molly with Sonny Dykes. Coach, everyone outside of your locker room calls you an underdog. Why can your team win here today? Well, you know, we believe we can. I think most importantly, we got a talented football team that believes in each other and has worked incredibly hard. So, you know, we feel like we match up well, and we're excited to go compete against the best. All right, thank you, Coach. Now let's go to Holly Rowe. Well, Coach Smart, a back-to-back championship is rare in this sport. What do you need to see from your team early, particularly as you start on defense right now? Aggression. It's what we want to do. We're, not, we're, we're going to hunt tonight. We're going to do the best we can to hunt tonight. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Man, that, if that wasn't an early indication that the TCU horny toads were going to get their just asses handed to them on a silver platter, I don't know what is. One guy, okay, is sitting there going, well, you know, we're just we're the other dogs, and we're happy to be here, and God, well, we're going to hug each other. We're going to love up on each other. And the other guy says, it's what we want to do. We're, not, we're, we're going to hunt tonight. We're going to hunt tonight, and boy, oh, did they ever. It man. was really, that's exactly, that's a coach putting in, uh, you know, his pregame speech saying, this is our philosophy today. This is our mentality today. We're going to hunt. We're going to be aggressive. I mean, not to mention the complete talent disparity between the two. Okay, that's a whole nother story, but it doesn't matter. They went out and hunted to the final score, 65-7. to seven. That's embarrassing. I mean, so it really is. so it was. Listen, they they it was ten to seven in the first quarter, but then it was like, well, they later. were in it. They got down ten nothing, came down, scored a touchdown. You're thinking, okay, maybe they're in it. At the half, it's like thirty eight seven. Yeah, no, no, it was over. I stopped watching it. I, I listen. I stopped watching it after the first quarter because I just knew there was no possible way. You could see it was crazy. This so TCU opened up with Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went and saw my son plays for the University of Colorado. So I went and saw I've that heard game. That. Yeah. So I went and saw that game. Time, time. And they, Colorado, who was, won one game the entire year. Okay. Uh, I remember in the second half, I was like, holy crap, TCU was so freaking fast. Like, talk about a difference in speed and size and mm-hmm. athleticism. Holy cow. The final score was like 40 to three or something like that. It was, it was just totally not even a contest in the second half. 
to compare that that team that I saw in person to Georgia last night, like the diff, the gap. So the gap between Colorado and TCU was vast. The gap between TCU and Georgia was like equally as vast. I just thought it was nuts. And they took the message and they just they just uh, just demoralized that team so quickly. They knew it was over. The TCU Horny Toads they couldn't keep up. It was just to me that's that's what stood out to me. Not necessarily the game. But that opening sequence, that opening like you know, uh, you oh, know, yeah. pregame press conference. Hey, well, you know, I'm Sonny Docks, and hey, my dad was a coach, and you know what? You know, we love the Dallas, uh, the Greater Dallas Fort Worth area, and we recruit to our to our, to our school, and uh, you know, we got a guy that was that played for Navy. Did you know that? Well, tough for tonight. Tough for tonight. You ain't kidding. Yeah, that, that was, was for me. That was that something. Was, that's our college football minute. That's it. I mean, is, that's it. I mean, well, here's what I would five say. Five minute segment going into the new year. Here's what I would say. Two things. Number one, um, there's going to be a lot of guys that were on that field last night for Georgia that you're going to hear in the NFL draft. I mean, arguably as many as eight to ten in terms of guys that are going to be drafted that were on the field on their side last night in the upcoming draft, but also um, we promise you that you will not get on this show when it comes to the draft. Well, we'll wait in three years. That drives me crazy. Like, how about this? You want to find out some of the guys that are going to be draftable last night? Force yourself to watch the whole game and just watch the Georgia guys. Well, I will tell you what I saw. Uh, uh, I there's a there's a, a sweet spot for the for the old school Patriot uh, slot receiver, and I saw him last night for the University of Georgia. You know who I'm talking about? McConkey's kid, <laughs> yeah, lad, yeah. lad McConkey, number eighty four. Just you know, is it white guy running around? I was gonna say quick. It's, be- it's because McConkey's a honky. That's why. <laughs> this is so funny. It was so typical. There, Renfro was another one. He played at Clemson. I remember they played a championship game. It was like, oh, he was catching all these quick little screens, these quick little out routes and mm-hmm. option routes, and especially in the red red area, Todd goal Munkin, line. Man, that's his deal. And it was like, hey, there you go. Hey, there's your next, uh, you know, undrafted white guy that makes the team and is a future uh, red coat guy. For the New England Patriots. A full lot of honkies in here. Uh, by the way, uh, Butter Guy in the Twitch chat nailed it. McCorkle to McConkey. There we go. Look at that. Eminem. There it is. Um, however, the guy who used to play here, someone on this show, thinks <laughs> he is declining <laughs> or that he's done. Don't do it. And that it's over for one Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr., I will tell you why Foyer is dead wrong next. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball... 
your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.